Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. The Fan Afternoon Show is on. Thanks, everybody, for listening this afternoon. Kevin Holden from CBS 58 in Milwaukee, just stepping across here for the week. Last day for me this week. What a blast it has been. We are coming to you from the Lakeland University Studios, offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. Sam Schmitz. And, guys, top of the afternoon show is brought to you by News Nation. Want the news without the noise? News Nation is news for all of America, reporting all sides. No spin, no agendas. Go to newsnationnow.com slash join us to find News Nation on your television provider. You were basically a news guy yesterday. It really was. I still can't get over it yesterday. I mean, when we were talking with Sparky, too, before the break, you guys were talking about the breaking news while we were getting breaking news. And, I mean, not only was it just, you know, us delivering news with other news coming in at the same time, but it was breaking Bucks news on top of us trying to report Bucks news. Right. I mean, that's, that, I kid you not, Kevin, like, that has not happened before here on this show. It's- we've done, we've had NBA free agency, but like that, within that 45 minutes, half hour of all that Bucks news, that was a that was a day to remember for sure. It was it was literally all at once. The Bucks uh, brought four players in. I mean, they brought back three, but but the point is they added four guys for uh, for next year, and in some cases for multiple years. Javon Carter got two, and um, Bobby Portis ended up with four years in that deal. So that was pretty amazing. That was that was a fun day. It reminded me of some kind of holiday because we joked all day about how there were presents on the doorstep. Right? It was. It was uh, the the Durant news. It was the UCLA USC news, and then it was the Bucks news. It was just like presents being delivered to your doorstep all afternoon. I mean, even like the Woj bombs too, and yeah. we got updates from Shams. I know people are like, oh, I can't stand the notifications on my phones, but you know, days like that, that's when I turn the notifications on. You don't want to get you know spammed by a non you know Shams account or stuff like that. So you got to get it from the legit source. But man, like you said, when we start the five o'clock hour, we had like literally ten. NBA free agency notifications, and it's it's not stopping today either. <laughs> yeah, we've got new stuff today, right? Yeah, I believe I'll have to pull up the details, but if you guys are just tuning in now, Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz is on his way to Minnesota. Man. For, I believe, Pat Beverly, a couple other role players, and I'll have to find the other details as well. But yeah, I, mean, I, knew, I had a feeling that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell were obviously going to split. Mm-hmm. There's clearly a rift, but with all the money that they were tied into, I wasn't sure 
how that exactly was going to work out, but it uh, sounds like Minnesota is sending its 2023, 2025, and 2027 picks unprotected and a top five protected 2029 to Utah. So lots of picks in that dra- uh, trade, too. Okay. That's, Interesting. That's big, and and it's a it's a move for Minnesota. I mean, that's right. that's the thing. That's a that's a move. That's a that's a level up uh, for Minnesota. You know, sacrificing some of the future, but level up. The players involved from the Timberwolves going to Utah are Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, and as we mentioned, those multiple first round picks. So they cleared some roster space. Yeah, <laughs> just interesting though, because you think you would have done that before NBA free agency began. And everybody's saying, well, is this a move for Kevin Durant? But now, I mean, what else do the Jazz have to give up? Right. I mean, you clearly would want to pair Donovan Mitchell with Kevin Durant. So it's not like you're going to give away Donovan Mitchell. I don't know. There's a lot of first-round picks you can give up. I suppose a couple of guys in a trade like that. Yeah, I don't I don't know about Utah as a, as a destination for Durant. I, I, Sparky's point about Atlanta makes a lot of sense because they've they've built something there now. They, you know, they have a couple of years where they were – Good, and then one where they were very good, where right. for a minute they looked like they were going to beat the Bucks. But, I mean, they just gave up three first-round oh. picks in that DeJounte Murray draft. That's true. So a lot of these teams that are going to have packages are probably going to be able to have you know, those those three first-round picks that Atlanta probably can't match. It's, this is going to be going on for like a week it, or two, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, I, I kind of think, because we were talking about yesterday, like maybe everybody waits to see where Kevin Durant goes before they sign their contract. Clearly that isn't the case because every, everybody's pretty much – you know, already signing in these first two days. But, I mean, as, as we were just mentioning, too, like this Kevin Durant trade, it's probably going to take a couple of weeks before it gets figured out. It's a lot involved. I mean, right. just there's a lot of moving parts. And this is – my guess is it's not just player moving parts or draft picks. There's money. I mean, there's – you know, you got to figure out how the contracts will, will break out. It's not like Kevin Durant just slides onto most teams, you know, rosters under the cap. Well, it's Kyrie, too. Yeah. I mean, we don't even know if – we haven't even heard from Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. Clearly, we kind of have an idea of what their relationship is right now because of you know Kevin Durant wanting out. But I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are parts of some of these deals too. We don't we don't know. We haven't heard like officially where they stand. We can assume, but we don't know. Yeah. So that so this this is was just day one yesterday, and you're going to have the combination of trades, free agent signings. You're going to have a lot of stuff. I don't know how much you'll more you'll see from the Bucks. But uh, that doesn't matter because they, they had a they had a pretty good day yesterday bringing bringing Portis back that kind of thing. Meanwhile, the Brewers in Pittsburgh, while all this was going on, finally got uh, back to a National League opponent, and man, there was so much to like in that game. And then there was one thing to well, two things really to to not like. Uh, one was Michael Perez deciding that he was just gonna go bambino mode how about that though the pittsburgh pirates in an 11-day span they've had three players had three have three three uh, home run games that's crazy i mean the brewers maybe have done that like a couple times in a season right but an 11 11 day span that's just insane and this is a guy who i mean basically with those three homers he doubled his home run total for the year yeah he was at three now he's at six and the unfortunate part for the Brewers is it was literally the difference in the game. It was a one-run game in which this catcher hits three home runs. So don't expect him to be a Brewer killer the entire series, <laughs> but man, he did it all in one day. Well, and on top of the you know Perez three home runs, we saw O'Neill Cruz. They're now top prospect, the six foot seven shortstop, which still blows my mind. Like mm-hmm. we were talking about him yesterday and how the guy hit home runs that just don't make sense, and we saw that yesterday too. I believe the Pittsburgh Pirates actually. 
I believe all their runs came on home runs. Really? And then all the Brewers' runs did not come on a single home run. Oh, interesting. That's a very un-Brewers kind of game. Yeah, very. And then on top of that, the unfortunate news um, of Adrian Hauser leaving the game. And the Brewers made it official just uh, about a half hour ago. Adrian Hauser got placed on the 15-day IL with right flexor strain is what they're calling it. And Trevor Kelly was recalled from AAA Nashville. Good news about that, if you can call it good news, right. is the word strain. Yeah. Because right flexor it, strain is good. Immediately good. when you see the you know the forearm shake and all that yesterday and you hear tightness and all that, like that's not – usually my mind just goes worst case scenario right away. I mean, the guy we were talking about before the show started, he had Tommy John surgery mm-hmm. just a couple of years ago, yeah. but it can easily happen again. I don't, I don't know. Or, or any other kind of – structural injury with the arm i mean that's right. it is a possibility but yeah the fact that that says strain tells me that that's not months that's probably weeks on yeah. the on the injured list which is which is good in a couple of ways the brewers could use hauser just to help out now because you need as many pitchers as you can get but if hauser is a trade chip yeah then you need him healthy and you need him healthy as fast as you can it's just this team though as soon as you get one guy back no. You know, one guy goes down. Just when we were talking about, oh, you know, we got Brandon Woodruff back. We got Aaron Ashby right around the corner returning and all that. And then soon you're you're back to, okay, well, where does Chichi Gonzalez, you know, Slate and all this? Is Jason Alexander, is he now just going to be a bullpen guy? Now do we need him again as a starter? What's up with Ethan Small? I believe he's making a start today, so we'll monitor that. Like, do they maybe uh, – I believe Woodruff's on Sunday, but Saturday. I believe you have this series against the Pirates pretty much figured out. But what do you do after that? And Ashby is Saturday, right? Is if, that... if everything goes right, if Ashby is activated, he will be starting Saturday, is the assumption. I think that's really good news. Yeah. He's still he's still a guy that that really pops to me just looking at him. Like, I understand oh, yeah. analytics and, you know, the stats and numbers. But, you know, you can see a really, really good pitcher. And he's a guy you can see. Like, the movement for him is unbelievable. And when he would come in in relief and – I remember there was one blowout game where he threw the ninth, and I mean everything's darting in, darting out, just the, the movement on those pitches. He just looked like a guy who could dominate. So you want to see, I think, as much of Aaron Ashby as possible. Well, this this is the amount of praise that Aaron Ashby deserves because when Brewers fans and us, when we talk about the future, when you have to pay you know, Burns and Woodruff coming up in the future, we're like, well, you got Ashby. Everybody just like defaults to Aaron Ashby being like the next big arm talent coming up in this Brewers organization, and they're totally right because all of his pitches, as you were talking about, Kevin, it's plus stuff, it's plus movement, and the velocity is there on everything. Um, the only thing he really needs to work on is just you know the walks and hitting you know the hits with two strike counts and all that. But all that, I mean, you've already seen bits of progression before he got injured. So realistically, like the guy is so young, but he's so ahead of his time, really. And you see a lot with all these Brewers pitchers, like Ethan Small got roughed up in his first out, and like it, it takes like a year or two for them to like actually get accustomed and like find their footing. And Aaron Ashby, once he gets to that, is going to be very scary for the league. And there's a blueprint too, because you know Craig Council had an idea of what he was going to do with Corbin Burns from day one, and what he was going to do with Brandon Woodruff from day one, and it wasn't slot them in a rotation and let them go. Right. Burns pitched a lot in relief, really off the top. In fact, he pitched high leverage innings in relief in his first season. That 2018 season, out of the, he was huge in that playoff run Yeah, out and, of the bullpen. So, and I think the confidence gained from that is what eventually has led to him being now this, you know, Cy Young Award winner. And Ashby, I have a feeling he'll be in a similar situation. They, they're yeah. going to find a place 
for Ashby to get meaningful outs, whether it's a starter or whether it's a Burns-style reliever. I, the 2022 Brewers are a different bunch. The 2018 team threw two innings from their starters and threw nine other pitchers every game. That doesn't really happen as much anymore. But uh, it, you know, Ashby will find a role. It's proven me. He's proven me wrong already with what the Brewers are doing with him because I thought you know having going into the season with the five-man rotation you did with Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, Hauser, Lauer. I didn't think you really needed to do a six-man rotation after like the first month of the season. So I thought you would probably just, you know, kind of go back to what you had, and then you'd use uh, Aaron Ashby, kind of like how you did Josh Hader when he first came up, where you can use him, like you said, in long relief spots, or you can use him in high leverage spots when you just need an inning or two out. Um, but clearly, I mean, the Brewers are trying to make him a starter. So I thought, you know, you can maybe wait to make him into a starter in spring training next year, and then you know you go. You know, full force, but I, they're clearly proving me wrong. Like they want Aaron Ashby to be a starter, and it, this should be a good you know, rebound for him on Saturday too, because I think we all remember his last outing against the Pittsburgh Pirates as a starter. The guy had what a no hit, you know, a no hit bid going into like the sixth inning mm-hmm. or so. I mean, he only gave up like one hit that entire outing. So clearly had the Pirates number back then, but we'll see. We'll see now that they have like O'Neill Cruz and all these guys in the lineup. We'll see how it goes. Pirates are. Look, you know they're not going to contend for a playoff spot this year, but they're they're a tough out, they're a tough team to face, and uh, and the Brewers are going to see them a lot this week and next week with the Cubs sandwiched in between. So you've got Game Two of that series tonight, and then of course it rolls into the weekend. Uh, Brewers are, you know, they can see the All Star break; it's it's peeking up ahead on the horizon. It's a little more than two weeks away, and when you've had a team that has done as much as the Brewers have done in the first few months of the season, first three months almost now. Uh, in terms of travel, all those three city road trips and stuff like that, to me that All Star break has extra meaning. Like oh, to, for to sure. give them one day off is one thing; to give them four, it, it just, it's going to feel like a vacation. I mean, the fact that and if they can get to the All Star break, still hovering around first place, like a gamer, you know, a gamer half, you know, behind or ahead of the Cardinals, if they go into the All Star break at that point, like that is you know two thumbs up if you're a Brewers fan mm-hmm. with all these injuries that are going on right now on the pitching side, especially. We'll continue to talk Brewers, but real quick before we hit a break, 414-799-1250. You can tweet us at 1250 in the fan. Let's go out to Tim in Winona, Minnesota. Tim, you're on the afternoon show. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Yeah, we were just uh, talking bucks a little bit. I mean, the free agent signings, getting Bobby Portis back, I think, is just huge. I mean, I was very concerned he was going to be gone. He's been a fan favorite for sure and I mean he just you know holds the team together I think he's a good glue guy and helping shooting the three has been super beneficial to space out the floor uh Joe Ingles I mean is the injury going to be better is his leg going to be better coming back from the ACL possibly I think it's good to have him on our team versus having him destroy us when he's been you know on the opposing team so happy to see how the season turns out this fall so Tim, we appreciate the phone call. Once again, 414-799-1250. You can tweet us at 1250 in the fan. Yeah, we'll, we're going to hit a break here, right, Kevin? Yeah, we'll, we'll do that, but we've got uh, several guests uh, coming up today. Ryan Horvat is with us from uh, BetMGM Tonight. David Sampson, uh, the former Marlins president. Sampson! <laughs> Scott Grodsky, of course, sports anchor CBS 58. Guy sits next to me at my day job and... Uh, then who have you got there in the in the five o'clock hour? We've got a, a another guest there in that five. Five thirty. We have friend of show Rohan Kadi of the Eurostep podcast. We'll talk some bucks as well there. We'll talk about Javon Carter and all them. Especially we got to talk about like he, like Tim was just talking about this Joe Ingles signing as well. So we'll talk bucks with uh, Rohan at five thirty as well.
Loaded free, show. Free agency, Brewers in action, still got that seismic college athletics thing with the Big Ten, and I'm sure there's still more to discuss there. Uh, don't go anywhere. It's another loaded day on the Fan Afternoon Show. The Fan Afternoon Show, Kevin Holden from CBS 58, stepping in here today on uh, 1250 AM, The Fan. All this week, Sam, this has become very comfortable. We just, yeah, we've been hanging out, having conversation, having fun, and, you know, breaking news all over the place. I mean, yesterday made it very easy, but... I mean, on top of that, like Rami and I, we had like such a routine that usually I'm a creature of habit, just like a starting pitcher in MLB. Yeah. But, you know, I thought, you know, okay, like we've obviously worked together before, but I was kind of nervous. But yeah, it's, you know, it's very comfortable, like you said now. It's kind of a shame that we're like, you know, we're not going to be here like uh, next week and all that, but it is what it is. Yeah, we've we've done this full week and... You know, if anything ever happens, I'm I'm always a phone call away. I'm just, you know, just up the street. Right. Well, you'll be here back uh, next Thursday, Friday. Unfortunately, I won't be, but either way. Is that – I'm with Timmy. Yeah. Timmy so Hortons. Maybe <laughs> – is that – are you guys going to be able to get through a show together before no. everything goes off the rails? Nope. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling you right now that if our Snapchat convos or our FaceTime video chats are any indication, it's going to be ridiculous. Oh, I've seen it firsthand, so <laughs> – it, it'll be very entertaining next week with Kevin Holden and Tim Shea on the afternoon show. That'll be that'll be for sure. But, you know, who is back? Bobby Portis. Yeah, baby. Uh, four years and $49 million And the reaction uh, from the fan base was one of the things that stood out because it tells you everything about what fans feel about, uh, about his role on this team. Because, look, a four-year $49 million contract is not going to change the franchise's complete fortunes one way or the other. The Bucks have built something good. But Bobby Portis brings it together. There is a difference between a collection of good players and a good team. Those are two different things. You can have talent on a roster and not win games for a lot of reasons. And Bobby Portis is the guy who brings the guys together. He's the guy that, you know, the spirit of of a winning type of team, a contending type of team. And that's what that contract's worth to me. I just think, you know, especially too going into next year after being so close and pretty much just one injury away from getting back to the Eastern Conference Finals, I just don't think you want to have to like change that much up either. Mm-hmm. So bringing Bobby back and then all these guys, too, Wes Matthews and uh, Javon Carter, who now we can see what he can do in a full season, not just bringing a guy off the streets, essentially, after he got cut from Brooklyn and then seeing what he can do. I mean, it'll be interesting to see because I assume, I mean, a lot of people are talking about, well, George Hill is still on the roster, so why do we bring back Javon Carter? But I think, you know, bringing him back and now implementing Javon into a full season, like that means given the amount of time and all that, like he should be able to take that George Hill spot. You would think. You would think because Mike Budenholzer and George Hill are so familiar with each other in the San Antonio days even before then. So I don't know, but like I at least like to know that I have like a guy who's been there, done that with the Bucks, as opposed to trying something new like doing the Shemi Ojale experiment again, mm. which we all kind of talked ourselves into after P.J. Tucker left, and that kind of blew up all in our faces, including me. I had to eat some crow, but I'll admit it. So, yeah, just bringing those guys back, especially like Wesley Matthews too, I, I'm not going to lie, like after his first stint with the Bucks, I was like, okay, well, I don't think we're really missing much. And then he comes back. Imagine where the Bucks would be, you know, or imagine where the Bucks wouldn't be if they didn't have Wes Matthews back right. last year. Yeah, I mean, you, Grayson Allen decides not to uh, be the Grayson Allen he was in that Chicago Bulls series, but Wesley Matthews and Drew Holiday were key pieces on that defense. The, the, the numbers may not have shown on offense for Wesley Matthews. I know a lot of people are still kind of frustrated, like why Budenholzer throws him out there so much. But you really got to watch, like Wesley Matthews, the fact that he's this old and he's still defending at that great of a talent, you know, defending that well, 
it's insane. Like, so I'm really glad that Wesley Matthews is back for this Bucks team as well. It's yeah, and that that's another one of those components that you need, someone that can get you a lot of something off the bench. And in in Matthews' case, the defensive effort is huge on his part. In the case of of someone like Ingles, the the shooting is big, and it's not. You know, it's it's shooting from the forward position, which is a little bit different. You can yeah. you can tweak the lineup a little bit with him in and, and get him in whenever that time comes. I mean, do you think Wes is going to go right back to where he was before the end of the regular season? Do you think he's going to be the starting two guard next season? Mm, that's a that's a really good question. I think I wouldn't be opposed to it because, well, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Grayson Allen's you know younger and all that, and he can give you more spark off the bench. I mean, Wesley Matthews clearly gels, I think, better with Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm you know, driving and kicking the ball than he does with a George Hill, Javon Carter, Pat Connaughton, you know, coming off the bench. So I didn't really think about it because going into free agency a couple of days ago, we were kind of talking about like, do the Bucks try to find a, a starting two guard and all that? But they clearly did that before the season ended last year. So I think Wes Matthews is once again, your starting shooting guard. Don't think, and I don't think anything in the rest of free agency is going to change that. Who knows if the Bucks have something up their sleeve? I wouldn't think so at this point. I think the rest of the movement now is going to be, you know, Durant destinations and all the fallout from that. That's going to be one of the bigger ones. Malcolm Brogdon, by the way, is a yeah, Celtic. Got traded to the Boston Celtics. I believe it was for Daniel Tice, another player that I'm not too familiar with. I believe a draft pick. I don't even think it was a first round draft pick. I'll just look for the details. But yeah, I mean, Clearly, the Boston Celtics get, didn't give up much for Malcolm Brogdon, and uh, they pretty much, I mean, that's that's definitely an upgrade for them. So, what, he comes off the bench for the Boston Celtics and all that? So, that, that's definitely an upgrade. Yeah, that's. so the Celtics are going to end up doing something to to make themselves better after after what happened, winning the East and making it to the finals and, and beating out the Bucks and all that stuff. So, that is going to be fun. The games against the Celtics, when they pop up, on the schedule this coming huh. year. On top of the hate that you have for the Celtics, now you got to see Malcolm Brogdon, too. Man. And Grant Williams, unfortunately. Right. Oh, man. And it's going to be, I don't know how I'm gonna, if I'm going to be able to control myself. <laughs> you have to watch Malcolm Brogdon put on enemy colors to put on the green, you know, the Celtics green. Rami and I are talking about, too. I, I, I hate to be <clears> this guy, but I mean, Grant, we talked about, we did a most punchable face draft and all that <laughs> for draft mockery. Grant Williams was definitely up there. Oh, I can't. And then on top of that, you have Marcus Smart in the same team. I can't stand that Boston Celtics team, even before they kicked the Bucks out of the playoffs. I mean, and their style of play continued on against the Heat. It continued on to the finals. It just, it was, it's almost like they're going to force a change in the way things are called in the league, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, just, it feels like every possession, someone's on the ground and they get up and they, you know, John with the ref. I mean, it's, Every time down the floor, it feels like. Bart brought up a really good point. <laughs> I kind of agree with it. He's like, it's a good thing the Boston Celtics didn't win the championship because that style of play is Ugh. not good for kids growing up. No. And I definitely agree because obviously the Warriors, the way they play, it's threes and all that. But the Warriors, the way they move off the ball is a, a thing of art right? in a sense. So, yeah, I'm glad the Steve Kerr Warriors definitely won over the Boston flopping Celtics. The, the kids in the middle of the country who are looking yeah. for heroes on the basketball court, if they're looking west, I feel way better than if yeah. they're looking east. I mean, they, it, it's kind of already gotten to that point where, like, kids are looking for flops and all that, but it, mm. that would have gone over the over the hill. But we haven't – so we touched upon Bobby Portis obviously coming back. That's huge, and that's great for Bucks fans. Javon Carter, we talked about how having a full season for him is probably going to be beneficial for the Bucks, and see if he can kind of take that George Hill spot. And then Wesley Matthews, prior starting two guard next season again. 
Um, but we didn't even talk about Joe Ingles yet. Right. I mean, this is – I'm still very, very excited. I'm getting to the point where I might become one of those, like, Twitter stan accounts and put Joe Ingles in a Bucks uniform as my profile picture, <laughs> even though you're my profile picture right now. Yeah, still. are we going to change that back after after today? Maybe. Probably not. <laughs> I kind of like it. Um <laughs> But I'm I'm very excited about this signing for the Milwaukee Bucks because a lot of people are talking about, well, he's coming off the ACL injury. Even so, I mean, I, I don't assume that he's going to be ready to go to start the season because it happened in season last year. Right. But even so, like, Joe Ingles is not a guy that has to be explosive the way he plays. Like, an ACL injury really shouldn't affect his game all that much. All you need him to do is just be a guy who can use you can use in the pick-and-roll game but pretty much be a – a pick and pop guy right you know just a corner shooter for Giannis coming off the bench or something like that so either way like an ACL injury honestly doesn't really bug me with the Joe Ingles signing and we talk about he's a great I wouldn't say great defender but he's a dog for sure right the guy is not afraid to trash talk and get in your face but the person that he is and he's a lefty is an Australian like how can you not love this signing and honestly for one year six and a half mil works with me it's a playmaker and 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 a guy who'll shoot well and and fit in in a specific position for this team when they need offense, when they need it, you know, not, it's not a non-traditional position to get offense from, yeah. but when you get points from there, that's a, that's a bonus. I was very, I, I wouldn't say scared, but I was very nervous to see what the Bucks could or would be able to do with the amount of money that they didn't have going into free agency. And to get a guy like that where, yeah, he's coming off an injury, but the upside that you can get if, if Joe Ingles, you know, is Joe Ingles for the Milwaukee Bucks coming off the bench, especially, I mean, that's, that's definitely an upgrade from where you were last year. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it. I, I, I hate to say it, but, like, Joe Ingles is going to probably give you more offensive production than what a Dante DiVincenzo would have been giving you if he was still a part of the Bucks. I agree with that. Where is he going, by the way? He Okay, so he is still a free agent, I believe. I haven't. It's been hard for me to, like, this is obviously just an ongoing thing with NBA free agency, <laughs> so I believe he's still a, um, you know, unrestricted free agent now, but... We, we talked about a couple of days ago before free agency began that maybe his his stock went down with the Sacramento Kings. But from what I saw, like his projected numbers that he's going to get, whew, he is uh, definitely going to get some money. That's for sure. Right? I think just because of the youth and the, the playmaking capabilities that he does have with the you know ball handling, stuff like that, like Dante for the for the for the uh, age is probably going to demand a pretty hefty contract. So I just don't think the Bucks would have been able to afford that. But very curious to see where he goes because the Sacramento Kings, it's like they were like he was part of that um Bogdanovich trade that got, you know, uh, pretty much sent down or, you know, didn't actually happen. So the Kings have been trying to get Dante DiVincenzo for years. Right. And then the fact that they just pretty much give up on him kind of is mind numbing. After half a season. Yeah. I mean they didn't they had him for what was it? it wasn't even forty games, right? And, and you would think too, like even if the Kings didn't like what they saw in this past year, like the guy was coming off a pretty serious foot injury, right? So just give him the leeway, and then maybe you give him that money. Like clearly, you were trying to get Dante Divincenzo to the Sacramento Kings for years. Like I, I just don't get like that's such a Sacramento Kings thing to do. Sorry, <laughs> Rami, but you know just to give up on a guy that you've been trying to get here for years and years and years in a trade. I did love that a couple of days ago. I took that uh, little that little dig. I'm so mad because usually I love those kind of jokes, and I totally missed it. I, I was, it went right over my head. We were, we were talking about uh, wait, who was it that we were talking about? I, it might have been Dante. Oh, it must have been Dante because I said I, I stopped and, and sort of leaned the emphasis uh, a little. Yeah, and you, I was like, I was like, what's going on? You go <laughs> from Milwaukee 
to Sacramento and expect success. Like I just the 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 delivery on it. I just I was like smiling on the inside. Like okay, uh, I love it though. But yeah, I'm very excited to see what uh, Joe Ingles can do with the Milwaukee Bucks. And I don't really know what else to expect from the Bucks in free agency. I don't really expect much else to happen given the money that they have. And we'll see what happens with uh, Jordan Wara if. They, if anybody else offers Ward a, a, an offer and the Bucks have to match it, but I assume not, so he's probably back. But, I mean, what? Maybe you look at a, a, a vet minimum contract for, like, a backup big. I think that's really all you all they can do at this point now. They can wait as long as they want probably for that. Right, because a lot of people, I don't get the – did you hear the, all the JaVale McGee hype? Yeah, where and he ended up in Dallas. Yeah, I I don't know how I would have felt about you know I think Javel McGee I believe I haven't really looked at it I think he got like around three to thirty four mil. Goodness gracious. Um, but yeah, I mean for that money I just don't see why they would have done that. So we'll see what they can do. I mean the thing is like they don't really need a big unless like Brooke does go down. Right. But I don't know. That's really all they can do. I'm I'm not really expecting anything else from the Milwaukee Bucks. Doesn't doesn't have to be. At this point, they can they can ride this in and just watch the rest of the league unfold with the drama. Now we're going to take a break and we've got a little bit of time to talk Brewers as they get ready to face the Pirates. Game two of a four game set. This has been a pretty good year for the Brewers. First place team. Uh, are the Brewers getting enough credit for where they are at this point? One of the contenders still. To win the pennant in the National League, but are they getting enough credit for it? We'll talk about it next on the Fan Afternoon Show. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Fan Afternoon Show, 1250 AM, The Fan. Hey, thanks for listening in. Stick with us for a while here today. Kevin Holden in from CBS 58 for the week, along with Sam Schmitz behind the controls. And guys, bottom of the afternoon show brought to you once again by News Nation. Want the news without the noise? News Nation is news for all of America. Reporting all sides, no spin, no agendas. Go to newsnationnow.com slash join us to find News Nation on your television provider. Look, spin and agendas happen in the sports world, too, uh, not just in the news world. And it makes you wonder, when you see a Brewers team that's in first place in its division – and yeah, they've had offensive troubles, but they've got an elite level pitching staff, like a a compete with the Dodgers level pitching staff. And when the rankings come out, they do these power rankings. ESPN and these others do these power rankings, and the and the Brewers end up somehow fourteenth or fifteenth, you know, somehow the middle of the pack for a team that's in first in its division that can pitch lights out. And we know what pitching does in big games, September and October, if they're healthy. That's a difference maker right there. How in the world is that happening? I don't know. But I mean, on top of all that, too, I mean, they're still just three games back from the 
best record in the NL. Which is a bye this year. Right. So, I mean, obviously, not only just the Brewers, but like all these teams are dealing with injuries. Obviously, the Mets are dealing with you know Scherzer and DeGrom being out. The Dodgers just had Walker Buehler go down, and Mookie Betts is like now just coming back from injury. But mm-hmm. I mean, even so, like given what the Brewers have dealt with, I mean, like they were we were all assuming that pitching was going to carry this team throughout the season. But I mean, two thirds of your top three have been kind of going back and forth with injury this year, and at this point, I mean, they're still, despite losing yesterday, still a game ahead of the Cardinals after they were off yesterday. We 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 really roast the offense. We do that a lot, oh, man. Kevin, you would think that you know I get it. Brewers fans were so passionate about baseball and all that, but like sometimes after a loss, you would think that this team is the Pittsburgh Pirates. No offense. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe oh, I shouldn't say. Maybe of like you, five years. You ago. would think they are the Cincinnati Reds. There you go. There you go. <laughs> With everybody traded and gone, and just fielding basically a Triple A lineup out there, it's it's tough uh, because the. The pitching is so good, I think it overshadows sometimes what the offense does. And I thought the numbers that uh, Sparky was digging into earlier this week about, okay, they're a little closer to middle of the pack when it comes to some of the key offensive categories. So they've found a way to produce some runs. They they have gone through bad stretches. There's no question. You can't hide oh, yeah. that they've gone through bad stretches. But overall, maybe they're not quite as bad as we thought. I don't think so, but... Look, it's not. It's obviously not perfect. It's not the best in the league. It's not Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, all these all-stars in your lineup and all that. Frankly, they probably aren't even going to have a single all-star on the offensive side yeah. of, the, of the team. But given where they are and with all the injuries and the fact that, like you just mentioned, they had that bad losing streak just a couple of weeks ago, we, we still haven't even seen what the Brewers did last year. I think their biggest uh, win streak last year was 11 games. Like We haven't even seen that from the Brewers yet this year. So I think they clearly have it in them if everything gets healthy and everything everything goes right. And once again, I have to remind people because it's crazy that the stat still holds up. The last time the Brewers were in St. Louis, they flashed us up on Valley Sports Wisconsin, but it still holds up because all these guys, like we were talking about, as soon as one guy goes down, another guy, or as soon as one guy goes back, another guy gets injured. Colton Wong, Andrew McCutcheon, Luis Arias, Hunter Renfro, and Willie Damas only played four games together this year. Wow. 4-0 in those games. And that stat still holds up because when Colton Wong came back, Hunter Renfro is now back down again. Right. So it's just crazy how I keep I have to keep on mentioning like this offense, it still may not be perfect when it's healthy, but we haven't even seen them like actually get a chance to gel together and see what they are at full potential. It is a rarity when you have a team that's had as many injuries as the Brewers have had, but it hasn't dinged them very much. I and mean, yeah. they're still in that first place spot in the NL Central. But it's injuries on both sides, too. In other words, if it isn't Wong or Renfro or even Adamas who was out, on the pitching side, it's Freddie Peralta for this extended period of time. Woodruff with you know injuries both known and unknown in his case, and then some others as well that, that have been gone, and now Hauser is the latest in that group. But you think – if you look at injuries as a function of luck, if you look at it as one of those things where it may hit you more in some seasons and less in some others – Maybe it's a good thing. I mean, you, you want to see your guys work together, but maybe it's a good thing the injuries are happening now because maybe, maybe that luck gets better when the games really start to matter September on. I think it's kind of crazy how, look, if you look at last year, how healthy they were going into the postseason. And obviously that's why they kind of took their foot off the gas pedal. But that doesn't happen all that often, if ever. Right. And maybe you're right. Maybe having all these injuries right now is a good thing. And the only serious one right now, obviously, is Freddie Peralta. Yeah. He's probably not going to be back till August or you know early September. 
But if that's the only one that you're dealing with right now, I think you'll take it probably. And Peralta is one of these that, okay, there are two returns for Peralta. There's the first game back from injury, but then there's that point where the Brewers will trust him to throw not just a couple innings, but significant innings in a game that matters. And those are two different things. That is to say that if Peralta comes back September 1st, he may not be trusted truly until October 1st because he's been right. gone so long. Yeah, you got to ramp him back up. Yeah, that's so. a, it's a pitch count thing. It's a, it's a trust thing. It's a confidence thing. I mean, that's, that's a lot. That's the one injury that concerns me. Everybody else feels like they could get back you know, and maybe avoid the injury bug later in the year. Peralta is the one that I, I just – I don't know. That, that could be a thing. Ryan Horvath, host of Bet MGM Tonight – on the other side of the break, let's have some fun on the Fan Afternoon Show. Brewers, Bucks, NBA free agency, college athletics tipped and fallen over on its ear with the seismic shift of conferences. There's a lot going on on the Fan Afternoon Show. Kevin Holden, CBS 58, in for the week, and Sam Schmitz at the controls. And joining us, fighting D.C. traffic as we speak, Ryan Horvath, the host of Bet MGM Tonight. Horvey, man, good to talk to you. Holden, great to talk to you. It's funny that you say that. I'm by, I'm actually right now, right by the Veterans Memorial, uh, actually right next door to the Education Center at the Wall. And I don't know what's going on here, you guys, but it is, uh, there's quite the crowd. Now, the Nationals play the Marlins tonight. I don't know if anybody has a strong interest in is heading, but. Feels like every day I'm stuck in traffic, man. <laughs> it's these people are all here to see Trevor Rogers, the Marlins pitcher. That's that's what they saw your line on this one. It's funny that you bring that up because Trevor Rogers, he was the first half of the season last year, Kev, he was my favorite pitcher in all of baseball. He was lights out, man. And I don't know what's happened since then, but he's completely fallen off. The ERA approaching like five this season. He's been all over the place. And what stinks is I actually really wanted to go to this series. Now, I believe Pablo Lopez does go tomorrow, but we just missed out on Sandy Alcantara. And I don't know if you watched what he did the other night, man, but he threw a complete game, um, actually gave up a couple runs, but they come back and win. He threw a career-high 117 pitches, finished the job himself. I felt like I was watching a game back in 1996 where he demanded the ball in the ninth inning. I love him. Other than Corbin Burns, he's my favorite pitcher in baseball. And, of course, the Marlins are here this weekend, and I don't get to see him. But, hey, Pablo Lopez isn't bad. Pablo Lopez is, is good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a team worth – at least some individuals worth watching, even if the team isn't. So we have – man, we got some wild stuff to talk about, Horvey. And I, and I think the first thought yesterday when the, when the bombs started coming in from Woj and Shams and all that stuff, it's like, okay, what is going to happen at the top of this pyramid? Kevin Durant wants out of Brooklyn. What are you looking at in terms of, of odds for destinations? Because we brought up eight teams yesterday when we talked about Durant. Yeah, it seems like it's probably going to end up being Miami or Phoenix. Like, if I had to make a bet, I'd probably go with either of those teams. As far as fit, I think he's a perfect fit for both, right? Because in Phoenix, I mean, they would have to give up DeAndre. and But still, I mean, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, who's becoming a superstar. He's already become a superstar. And then you pair them with Kevin Durant, who's one of the greatest scorers uh, in the history of the game. He's going to be another year healthier. The only thing about Durant is, you know, you're going to have to give up a lot. 
And you're giving up a lot for Kevin Durant at 34, 35, and 36 years old, which he's still a hell of a player. But the Nets are saying they want an all-star in return. They want at least three first-round picks was the last that I saw. That's a lot to give up. He's really good, but that's a lot to give up. I've, and then Miami, you know, he'd be the perfect fit in Miami. I don't know what they would have to give up. It's funny, I see, you know, there's fans that don't want to give up Tyler Hero for Kevin Durant. They, I mean, obviously, you're going to have to give up something. I just, I don't think that Brooklyn would do that without Bam Adebayo or Jimmy Butler being part of the deal. So, it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. It's funny because, you know, Kyrie opted in, and you figure Ben Simmons is going to play this year, and they had a shot at getting maybe another, you know, a couple spot-up shooters, a couple more guys that could actually defend on the perimeter. I was actually getting ready to maybe play a, the Nets to win the championship, and just like that, they have to blow things up. So it's it's crazy, man. The NBA just never stops. And and the news cycle is the other thing that doesn't stop either. Like we we were not for all of the moves that happened at the start of free agency and all of this shift now with superstars potentially changing teams. We had about twenty minutes to to you know vent our emotions about college football, college athletics with this. Pac-12 Big Ten merger, that on most days would have been an entire day's worth of topics because we are talking about a completely new era in college athletics. We're talking about a shift that's going to change everything, right? Yeah, and you know, and see, that's that's my main focus right now, and I'm just starting to dive into college football. I'm doing my win totals and my futures. You know, I really like Utah this season, actually. Cam Rising, I think he's live to win the Heisman, and he was 80-1. to 1. I think they're going to win the Pac-12. I know everybody loves USC. So I'm diving into all that. And then we get the breaking news that USC, UCLA, head into the Big Ten. And i got to be honest, man, like, I don't like change. I like college football the way it was when I was growing up. And obviously we're going to get change because now the players are being paid. Like Arch Manning, for example, hasn't even taken one snap at Texas. He just signed an NIL deal for $3 million. The quarterback at Miami, $10 million. So we knew it was going to change, but it all comes down to revenue. It all comes down to money. I just, it's going to be so weird, man. Like, you know, I know everybody's already tweeted this out and joked about it, but USC playing a game in Champaign or playing a game in Evanston against Northwestern at 11 a.m. on a Saturday, those California kids making that trip. It'll be 25 degrees. You might get snow. You might get rain. It might be 75 degrees. I just I don't think they know what they're in for. It's going to be interesting, but I got to be honest. I don't like it, and I'm surprised. You know, a lot of people are fine with it. I mean, I think ultimately what we're going to have is just two power conferences, right? The SEC and the Big Ten, probably like similar to the, in the NFL where we have the AFC and the NFC. I think that's the direction that we're heading into. I don't like it, man. I don't want anybody messing with my college football. It's pretty much what it is now. It's just like a semi-pro league because these players can't go from high school to the pros, obviously. So now everybody's just making money. I mean, look at these recruiting classes. Look what Texas A&M was able to do this year. And then next year, Texas has the number two class. Since they signed Arch Manning, they're getting everybody. Ohio State, they already have a ridiculous class coming in. They're number one. It's only going to get crazier and crazier. You feel bad for some of the small schools. How is a school like Minnesota going to compete in the Big Ten? You know, when they're recruiting in their own backyard in Wisconsin, in the Chicagoland area, and you have USC, Ohio State, and UCLA plucking from, you know, uh, the West Coast, California, all over the place. It's it's not going to be very fair. I wonder at some point if there won't be uh, expulsion that comes with the expansion. In other words, you know, if it, if a conference gets to 26 schools or 22 or whatever, I wonder if there will come a point where 
you know, they'll just kind of say, hey, look, bottom four schools, you, why don't you guys go yeah. on and join the Big East? Like, exactly. Great point. Because imagine a Rutgers, man, and, 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 you know, Rutgers, Maryland in the Big Ten. And Maryland, you know, they become – I'll say they're at least relevant because they have baby Tua. They're probably going to win six or seven games this year. But imagine, you know, USC in a couple of years, when you give Lincoln Riley a couple of years to actually recruit and put in his offense. They, they will beat Rutgers by 55 points. That won't even be competitive. So you wonder, right, are they going to kick out some of these schools? It'll be interesting to see. You know, can, what's going to happen to schools like Kansas, UConn? You know, they win one to two games every single year. I hear the sirens. They're not pulling you over, are they? No, this is – see, it doesn't matter where I am, Kev. Uh, these, these sirens are everywhere in Washington, D.C. Every single day on the way to work. I wake up every single morning. I don't even need an alarm clock. I just get the 6 a.m. Uh, police arrest or local fire down the street. So I so I got to I got to uh, ask you about this. By the way, Ryan Horvat, host of BetMGM tonight in the BetMGM MLB podcast. So obviously, everybody in Wisconsin seen what you what you've done and 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 we love it, right? This is a this is a great like guy that we know that's making good elsewhere in the country. But I got to know about the methodology because you you were talking about futures and you're talking about things that you're trying to get together in terms of, of different lines and games and teams and fortunes and that kind of thing. Is this like if at home, are there stacks of papers? Is this a lot of like pen and paper? Is this like a laptop that's got 7,000 files on it? Like how do you get to here? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, there are people that make their lines, they still use a pen and paper and I do that occasionally. Um, like, for example, I'm just getting my college football magazines in the mail right now. I'm waiting for Phil Steele's that's coming out, um, you know, a little bit early this weekend. So I just kind of take my highlighter. I go through every single team. I highlight things. And then for college football, for example, I just take every single team in every conference. I power rate them. And then I just put together my own line. And, you know, it's three and a half, four points. It's different for most teams, you know, home field advantage. I brought up early, uh, earlier, you know, Utah, that's one of the toughest places to play in the country. So I had a couple points for them, home field advantage. And then I just look at the market and I see how close my lines are to the lines set in Las Vegas, like from a sports book, BetMGM. And if they're far off, I'll usually bet that game. But I have three computer screens that I pretty much stare at all day long. You know, I look at the lines that are moving, uh, reverse line movement. Because I like to see where the sharp money's coming in at. You know, sometimes you'll see a big underdog. They'll go from plus 170, meaning if you lay $100, you could win 170, you know, to plus 150, which usually means, you know, the smart people in Las Vegas are betting money on the underdog. And you just try to beat the market. So, I mean, I got into it because I really love sports. I love watching the game. Obviously, you know, sometimes I use the eye test. Hey, the Yankees are probably going to win 100 games this year. And tonight, you know, I really like him with Garrett Cole on the mound. Sometimes I do that, but usually, man, I just try to play the numbers. And uh, especially during baseball, it's so crazy because remember growing up, all we would look at on the back of a baseball card, for pitchers, we'd look at their win-loss record and their ERA. We didn't know about whip. We didn't care about their whip. And then now we don't care about batting average anymore. We just care about uh, OPS, you know, guys getting on the bags actually. So everything's changed so much. But baseball, I feel, has changed the most. Yeah, barrel rates and yeah, just the, you know the, all the different like you know yeah. whiff percentages, pitch breakdowns. It's a it's a it is a different world than it than it used to be. Horvey, this is it's just fascinating to me. Like I, I'm just picturing like 
you know, okay, you're out. Like I'm in DC, and and we're we're out, and we're we're grabbing dinner somewhere, just you know, getting a little, you know, sitting down, eating a little something, and you know, we're chatting. But I'm picturing you like looking at a screen like across the restaurant, and you're like, hey, wait, is that uh, is that is that what happened with Rutgers basketball? Like that's, I'm just picturing you having this constant influx of information from all different sports, all different sources, all different everything. It never ends. It keeps going. No, it really doesn't end. And that's the thing, man. Like right now, you know, we're in Wimbledon. We got, I apologize again for these sirens. They're literally <laughs> everywhere today. Uh, you know, we have Wimbledon going on. I love betting on golf, um, you know, especially the majors. It drives my wife nuts because, well, today, I was, today we went to lunch really quick and I tried to explain it to her. She's like, we were watching, um, you know, the stock market and she's like, hey, this is kind of like the same thing as sports betting. So I tried to, to I tried to explain to her that I'm constantly trying to beat the market, you know, get the better of the number. And she tuned out after like four and a half seconds. She's like, yeah, I don't care. It drives her nuts, though, because, you know, we'll be out to eat and I'll have my phone going. Like today I'm watching tennis. And she's like, do you really need to be watching tennis right now at noon? Absolutely. It's Wimbledon, man. I love this stuff. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's how you're going to make your money. I love it. That's that's, exactly. that's dedication. Ryan Horvat, host of BetMGM tonight in the BetMGM MLB podcast. Horvy, uh, enjoy yourself, man. It's great to great to catch up. Been a while. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the holiday weekend. Man, it's going to be a lot of fun. And Horvy's got uh, always a ton of information. Uh, somebody to, to really pay attention to. You can make a buck or two listening to him. If I was a better, I wouldn't even bet. I would just go based on what Horvat does. Because, I mean, have you have you heard about like his futures picks? Especially like MVP awards in the past couple of years? No. He got Aaron Rodgers, obviously, these past couple of years in the MVP. Like, way before there was any value on it. Wow. And then he got Shohei Otani last year. That was the big one for him. <laughs> so, yeah, if I'm a if I'm a betting man, I would just do what Horvat does because clearly it works, and that's why he's the host of BetMGM tonight. Man's paying attention. Yeah, and he joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe, and like Great Midwest Bank help you experience the state of tranquility. Get started at GreatMidwestBank.com today. What I love about it is it reminds me of when when you when you're young and you play fantasy sports and you've got days and days where you're pouring over. Uh, cheat sheets and you're and you're getting information on players and you're you're you know handicapping the 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 field like you know what's the best pick at this position that position whatever like kind of in, to an extent I'm not trying to minimize but to an extent that's what he does all the time well especially in betting too I mean an hour may be the difference of you know one like one team being favored by this much and then an hour later they change the spread yeah or whatever so you literally have to be like on top of it or way ahead of the curve in order to get the best value that you can. I've learned so much from just hearing Horvat and all the other people that we have from uh, BetMGM and BetQL here on 1250 and the Fan. How many times, at two, have you seen a line and been like, well, there's no way that's going to happen. X team is favored by 27 points. Yeah, or like, you know, you get value, you you, you bet on something, and then an injury happens, and then the, the, the lines just completely change. Like, yep. that's, that's what we're talking about. So it's even more, it's even crazier than what you were just talking about. It's even crazier than, like, fantasy sports and or, stuff like that. Or the stock market. It's it's just never-ending, and you have to be ahead of the curve. And that man is. Ryan Horvath will join us from time to time here. It was, it was great to catch up with him because, it you know, since he's been gone, we haven't had a chance to do that, so that's been good. Uh, we're just an hour in. We got a lot more to to go here. Guests coming up: David Sampson, Scott Grodsky. We're we're gonna have a lot just in the next hour, so stick around. It's the Fan Afternoon Show. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.